You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, Episode 24. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, President of Advisor Solutions. Do you love to prospect? It doesn't matter if you're calling your client base to cross-sell or calling strangers to set an appointment. You just love it. (laughs) Or you just tolerate it when you have to. When your pipeline is dry and you're kind of in a state of concern or worse yet, panic. Well, if that sounds like you know this, you are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers feel that they don't like prospecting because they don't really have a good process for the initial contact. And they don't even know it. And the reason they don't know it is because they're winging it. They've been winging it most of their careers. Unfortunately, winging it doesn't work. So what do you do? You've really got two choices. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting the level of success or lack of success that you've been getting. Or you could master the initial contact. That's what we're going to talk about today, mastering the initial contact. So if you're sick of winging it when it comes to making the initial contact, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn how to master the initial contact? Because if you don't have a better process for knowing what to say, how to say it, and how to handle the objections, you'll always be prospecting from a place of winging it, just hoping that you get it right. And here's what I mean. See, when I was a rookie and I got in the business a long time ago, 1993, I was winging it. I had no structure for what to say in the first 60 seconds. And as a result, most prospects either hung up on me or they'd get ready to give me an objection. And (laughs) if they were kind enough, and I say that lightly, to give me an objection, I didn't know what to do. In other words, I didn't really have a good system for the initial contact. See, when this happens, most advisors and agents start to build up a fear of rejection. So eventually, most fail in the business. But you're not most advisors, otherwise you probably wouldn't be listening to this. You're probably a veteran that has the same challenges that they did years ago, although it's resurfaced if your pipeline's not growing. In other words, if you are only talking to your client base and avoiding picking up the phone, you haven't mastered the initial contact. Maybe you're back to having a fear of rejection. That's why I wanted to do this podcast today. In fact, I believe that the most important part of the pipeline is the initial contact. Because if you don't put people into the pipeline, you're not going to put people through, and you're always going to stay on a production plateau. So what we're going to do today is we're going to cover three things in this podcast. First, understanding what an effective initial contact looks like, so you know it's possible. Second, the initial contact case studies. So what I've done here is I've created a number of case studies so that you can learn from other advisors and agents' mistakes. And third, what tools to use to make the initial contact so you're ready to put the Mastering the Initial Contact system into place. Now, before we jump into these three things that we're going to learn in this podcast, I need to ask you a couple of questions. What would your business be like if you had an effective system For the initial contact. 
Would you be more energized? Would you feel empowered in your business? Would you like your business more? If the answer is yes, then let's begin. Understanding what an effective initial contact looks like. See, over the years, I've noticed by my trial and error when I was a rookie that there are several characteristics that need to happen in order to make what I call an effortless connection, meaning it just flowed. (laughs) And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at seven of these, seven characteristics that just have to happen on a consistent basis in order to master the initial contact. Let me tell you a quick story about when I was a rookie. When I was a rookie, I didn't know any of these. I was winging it. And again, winging it doesn't work. So I would start calling at 8 a.m. and I'd finish calling at 8 p.m. Yep, you heard me right, for four years. And I'd try to get to the gym by nine. See, I was under this, this misconception that the law of averages says that if I just call more people, I'll just get more success. That's working harder, not working smarter. And eventually, I started to smarten up, started to learn tools and techniques, and it started to get easier. And I repeated what worked, and I let go of what didn't. What we're going to do right now is we're going to look at seven characteristics of the initial contact. Here's what you need to master the initial contact. Number one, a structure to introduce yourself. (laughs) What I mean by that is a repeatable structure so that you can do over and over again. And it works over and over again. Number two, a way to explain your benefits. See, if you don't explain your benefits, they're not going to want to meet with you. Number three, a way to determine if the objection is true. Most of the time, they're going to give you an objection. And most of the time, it's not the real objection. Like, send me some information. Well, let me think about it. Why don't you call me next month? It's just not true. Number four, a way to handle the real objection or what I call the core objection. See, when you have a process for handling an objection that you've heard over and over again, it's not that tough. Number five, a way to reconnect if disconnected. That happens where people are talking to you and and it's effortless and you're connecting and then all of a sudden something shifts. You need to know a way to get back into that connection again. Number six, a way to close. (laughs) most people don't really sit down and figure out a way to close. But we're going to talk about that today. And number seven, a way to stay motivated. See, if you don't get motivated or stay motivated, then you probably aren't going to pick up the phone, and all of these tools and techniques won't work. So, in order for you to understand this, we need to talk about the tips, tools, techniques, and solutions that have worked for other advisors. That's what we're going to do next. We're going to jump into some case studies. Initial contact case studies. Now, before we jump into these small case studies, I need to let you know that these case studies are based on actual clients. However, I've changed the names. So if you're a former client or you're a current client, just know that it's not about you. In fact, These case studies are about a lot of people because most people go through the exact same challenges. But you should know this. Whatever challenge you're going through, whatever challenge you have gone through and will go through, there's always, always, always a solution. So let's begin. 
So the first case study is about a guy named Tom, Tom B. Tom is a 10-year veteran, financial advisor, who bought a book of clients four years ago from a colleague who had retired. And this is pretty common. He did prospecting for the first six years, so he's been in the business for a while. But he feels pretty rusty. And quite frankly, since the market's gone down, he doesn't really want to prospect at all. Because he knows that that his real problem is that he has a fear of rejection. But he has a hard time explaining that or admitting it. He didn't have the issue before he bought the book, but now he does. What should he do? Well, this is the initial contact, and this guy doesn't even want to pick up the phone. So the challenge is that he doesn't want to prospect at all because he's got a fear of rejection. So the solution is that he needs to have no fear of rejection. And the tool or technique is to understand the art of rejection perception. And here's what I mean. Years ago, I had a client that had gone through this situation, and his name wasn't Tom. But at any rate, what I did for him is I said, let's do this. In fact, I'm kind of curious. Do you want to work with everybody? He said, probably not. I wouldn't have time. Do you want to work with people that are rude to you? No. How are you holding up when you're making calls? And he said, I don't even want to make the calls. I don't like it. And I said, well, if you don't want to work with people that are rude because you don't have time, then maybe they're not rejecting you. You're rejecting them. So I had him take a post-it note, and I had him write down, I am the rejector, you are the rejectee. And I told him, every time someone hangs up or says not interested, click, or, or whatever, is rude, say that out loud and make a little hash mark. And sure enough, in our coaching session the next week, I said, tell me a little bit about how it went. How did it go? And he said, it went great. I said, why is that? And he said, I rejected X number of people. I don't even remember how many it was. And I said, did you accept anybody? Oh, yeah. I put people into the pipeline. I said, how do you feel about the rejection? And he said, I don't care about rejection right now. And the reason he didn't care is because he changed his perception of rejection. He didn't want to work with everybody. And he didn't want to work with people that were rude. And that got him to make more calls. Number two, Tammy M. <laughs> Tammy M has been making the calls and he, she has been, she's been prospecting. However, she keeps having doubts about herself. Her negative inner voice keeps telling her that she should be farther along in her business. She should be helping her clients more and she should stop prospecting as well as she should be making more money. What should she do? Well, this is pretty common, especially for veterans that are trying to prospect again, because when things aren't going right, that negative inner dialogue kicks in. So that's the challenge. She has a negative inner dialogue. The inner dialogue is saying, or the negative inner dialogue is saying, you don't have to call. You're never going to make it to the next level or whatever the negativity is. So what she needs to do, the solution is really conquer the negative inner dialogue and the technique is the inner advisor technique. And here's what it is. It came right out of a phobia and anxiety workbook. It's identify the negative dialogue. That's the first step. And the second step is a relief statement or question. So when she says, I don't want a cold call. Nobody wants to talk to me. She needs to ask herself the next step. A question such as, a relief question such as, what's the evidence that nobody wants to talk to me? Has anybody ever talked to me before? Ever. 
And the answer is yes, obviously. And then the third step is a positive counterstatement. So she needs to back it up. And how she'd do that would simply to say, while cold calling is not easy, calling people with a structure and finding the right people that want to talk to me can happen. It's happened before. It can happen again. All I need to do is make the calls, control what I can control. That's it. So I'm going to call one more person before I go home. See, when she does that, she's now got a process for getting through the negative inner dialogue and picking up the phone to make the next call. Number three, Richard L. Richard has been a financial advisor for 12 years, so he's no rookie. Because of the recent market volatility, he feels that he is on some type of an emotional roller coaster ride. One minute he's up, the next minute he's down. He's also emotionally drained at the end of the day. And he doesn't even want to make the initial contact anymore. What should he do? Well, the challenge is he's on an emotional roller coaster. And the solution is get off the emotional roller coaster. So the tool is what I created called the One Minute Business Coach. I talked about that in a previous podcast. So what this tool is, is just a, an Excel spreadsheet that shows the tool, it shows the time. So when he has an emotional up or down, he records the time. He writes down what type of business facet. Was it prospecting? Was it client servicing? Whatever it was. He marks off whether it was a win or a loss. And obviously, if it's negative, it's a loss. And positive, it's a win. And then he writes down what happened? What was the activity that created the win or loss? And get this, he now looks at the win and writes down what he wants to reinforce next time or the loss and writes down what's the new behavior pattern that he'd rather reinforce. And I'll tell you, you can't go more than three days doing the one minute business coach before you realize you see significant patterns. My point is, is that the one-minute business coach will pull him out of that emotional roller coaster because it'll increase his awareness of what's going on, what are the triggers, positive, and what are the triggers, negative. And we want to reinforce the positive, and we want to learn from the negative. Because if you learn from a loss, it's not a loss. And he'll pick up the phone and make the initial contact. Number four, Amy P. Amy P is a veteran insurance agent with 35 years of experience. She's got over 3,000 people in her, her client base. And when I say people, I don't really say 3,000 clients because many of these people she hasn't spoken to in years because she bought the agency. She's been calling clients to do reviews, but they don't call her back. What should she do? Well, the challenge is clients don't call her back. The solution is get clients curious to call you back. Now, notice what I said, curious, to call you back. So the technique is called the curiosity message. It's a simple message that starts with an intro, jumps in with a question, and then does a close. But the question is a curiosity question. Here's what I mean. Here's what it sounds like. Hi, Joe. This is Dan Finley with Investor Solutions. Hey, I got a quick question that only you can answer. Can you call me when you hear this? My number is 651 260 7768. Please give me a call when you hear this. Thanks. Now, what that will do for a client is get them curious. What's the question that I'll, only I can answer? And most likely, they'll pick up the phone and call. And once she does that, she's going to put more people into the initial contact, into stage one, 
in the pipeline. Number five, James K. James Gay is a newer advisor with two years of experience who's struggling to get past the survival stage. Now, James Kay, to be honest with you, are all of the struggling rookies out there that I've worked with. But in this scenario, in this case study, he's been cold calling a list of business owners. But when he finally gets them on the phone, he's not sure what to say. What should he do? See, the challenge is there's no structure for the call. The solution is get structure for the call. The technique is called framing the conversation. It's a four-step technique, intro, reason, three benefits, close, that once you do this and you do it over and over again, you're answering questions that the prospect has, which they don't even realize. Here's what I mean. When you call someone, the first thing they're thinking is, who is this? That's the intro. Hi, this is Dan Finley with Investor Solutions here in Minneapolis. Then they're thinking, why are you calling me? That's the second step. The reason for my call is, I just wanted to get together with you, and here's why. Then the third step, three benefits. I've I've been in the business for 29 years, and I'd like to get together with you to show you how I help my clients reduce their taxes, have more money in retirement, make sure their family's okay if anything happens to them. Then the fourth step, close. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4? Which one's better for you? And that is how James K. gets through that challenge. By having the structure to make the calls, by using the technique, framing the conversation, and by getting more success in the initial contact. Number six. So James K., the person I just talked about, the rookie financial advisor that's been cold calling, is calling business owners. His most common response that he's getting now that he's making the calls is, send me some information. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? So he does. And they say, They didn't get the information. Can you send it again? And he does. And when they finally say that they have the information, they say they're not interested. What should he do? Well, the problem is, the challenge here is no process for understanding the real objection, or in other words, what I call handling the smokescreen objection. See, the smokescreen is not the real objection. So the solution is a technique to handle the real objection. I call it the smokescreen technique. So the technique is really a series of questions. It's empathy, open-ended question, closed-ended question to get that person to tell you the real objection or core objection. And it sounds like this. Why don't you send me some information? I completely understand you want information, but I'm kind of curious. In addition to getting information, what else is holding you back from wanting to get together? I don't know. I, I mean, I have an advisor. Is there anything else? No. So most likely, they'll tell you the real objection. And if they don't, you've got a technique for that as well. But this is going to help that rookie or anyone to find the core objection to master the initial contact. Number seven, Joe H. Joe H. has been a financial advisor for 10 years. He's built his entire book by cold calling business owners. Most of his calls have ended when the business owner says that they have an advisor. What should he do? Well, here's what's happening. He's finding the real objection. That's good. But the challenge is he's not handling the real objection or core objection. That's what I call it. So what should he do? Handle the core objection. How should he do it? 
Well, there's several different ways, but the one I really like is called the objection resolution model. Now, what this is, it's a, it's a four-step process, again, very similar to framing the conversation, but what it is is empathy acknowledgement, best question, three benefits, and close. So let me give you an example. I have an advisor. I completely understand. In fact, everybody I've ever worked with had an advisor when I first met them. Empathy acknowledgement. But I'm kind of curious if there was one thing you could change about your relationship with your current advisor. If you could change anything, what would it be? Best question. I don't know. I never hear from him. Well, that's exactly why I want to get together with you. Because my clients know how often we're going to meet, what we're going to talk about, and what they can do in between meetings if they need to get a hold of me. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4 so I can show you my client's servicing system? Which one's better for you? And that is how this advisor would get to the next level because they get through that objection. And that's how you master the initial contact. Number eight, Michael R., a 15-year financial advisor, called a prospect the other day and the prospect was concerned about the market having gone down. Now, Michael asked, how's your portfolio doing? And the prospect replied, I'm not sure how my portfolio is doing. Michael offered to give this prospect a second opinion, and the prospect declined. What should he do next time when he comes up against that challenge? So first off, what is the challenge? The challenge is not hearing an opportunity, not hearing what I call the key closing phrase. The solution is to know what a key closing phrase is and what to do. So a key closing phrase is when somebody is basically saying something that you know this is an opportunity to close. And things to listen for are, I think, I should, uh, I guess, I think my portfolio is okay, I guess my portfolio is okay, um, I should be making money, I don't know, things like that. So the technique is called the agreement close. And the process for this technique is empathy, agree, benefit, close. So in this scenario, I'm not sure how my portfolio is doing. He could have jumped in and said, I completely understand a lot of people don't, but that's exactly why we should get together so we can make sure that you're not taking too much risk. Hey, do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4 so we can find that out? Which one's better for you? Now, when he starts to do that, he's going to set more appointments and he's going to move people through that pipeline. Number nine, Bill G. Bill G's been a financial advisor for 20 years and he's got a great client base. He's a top producer, but he wants to get even farther. So he asks for referrals, and he typically gets them, which is great. Once he gets the new prospect on the phone, he seems to be hearing the exact same thing. <laughs> he seems to be hearing that they don't have time to meet. And when he asks when would be a good time, they simply repeat the same objection. I'm just kind of busy. And he asks it again. Do you have any idea when what time might work? I'm just busy. And they simply repeat that objection over and over again until he kind of gives up. So what should he do? Well, the challenge is he's not ready for objection looping. That's what I call it, objection looping. When you hear the same objection over and over again. So the solution is to know what to do when you hear objection looping. So the technique is what I call the reconnection strategy. I created it. And what this is, is a technique to reconnect. So the disconnect somewhere is in the value that this person is not seeing. 
they don't see the value in getting together. So there's a disconnect. So they throw out the smokescreen objection, which is, I'm just busy. Probably not the real reason. So you've got a disconnect. So you've got to explain, I completely understand that you're busy. So you've got some empathy. And then step two, so that's step one. Step two is explain why you keep asking, is there another time? So the reason I keep asking if there's another time is because step three, story. It reminds me of a client that I had a long time ago. Actually, it wasn't even my client. It was my best friend in the office. He had a client years ago. And he kept asking his friend, a client that turned into a friend, if he had time to get together to talk about his life insurance. Well, they never really did. But they had time to fish. They'd go fishing quite a bit until one day the poor guy, his client that is, had a heart attack and he passed away. At the funeral, he said to his client's wife, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. She said, it's too late. He didn't even have life insurance. So that's when you go to the last, the next step, reconnecting. And you jump in with, can you see why it's so important just to take the time to make sure that you have the right insurances and that you're not taking too much risk with your investments? And then you go into the close. Do you have any time at Tuesday at 3 or Wednesday at 4? Which one's better for you? But by having that process, you're moving from hearing objection looping to setting an appointment. And you're mastering the initial contact. Number 10, Alan D. Alan D. Is, has been a financial advisor for five years. He's built his business by connecting with his natural market, and it's paid off. However, he feels uncomfortable calling strangers, so he doesn't do it. And as a result, his pipeline's dried up because he ran out of people. What should he do? Well, what's happening with this guy is he's got a fear of calling strangers. What's interesting about this is some people have a fear of calling strangers. Other people have a fear of calling people they know, their natural market. In this case, he's got a fear of calling strangers. The solution is become fearless by being prepared. And the technique, actually it's a tool, is the Advisor's Edge Worksheet. Now, the Advisor's Edge Worksheet is an Excel spreadsheet that I have that I created. Actually, one of my clients created, and then I customized and I put all of these tools and techniques that I've just showed you in this podcast on there. So all you have to do is click a button, frame the conversation, click another button, know exactly what today to do to handle the smokescreen objection, click another button, do the objection resolution model, click another and do the reconnection strategy if you need to. The point is, if you had that worksheet, he would master the initial contact. So now that we've looked at 10 different case studies, <laughs> are you starting to see the picture here? That for any challenge that you have, there's a solution. And if so, if you're starting to see this, then you know that in order to get past these challenges, you need to apply the tools and techniques that I've been describing. And that's why we're going to do a quick recap of these tools next. <laughs> So I told you that we'd cover three things in this podcast. First, understanding what a, an effective initial contact looks like so you know what's possible. Check. We did that. Second, the initial contact case studies. Check. We did that too. Now what we're going to talk about is what tools to use 
to make that initial contact so that you're ready to put the mastering the initial contact system into place. I've briefly covered these tools, and unfortunately, we're kind of running out of time in this podcast, but let me elaborate where you can find more information and why these tools are so important. So the first tool that I talked about was conquering the fear of rejection or the art of rejection perception. I did a whole podcast on that, episode four. So if you haven't listened to episode four, go back because you're going to understand how to conquer rejection. In fact, I think I covered 20 or 25 different ways to conquer rejection. The second tool, the inner advisor dialogue. Did a whole podcast on that, episode three, mastering your mindset. It's all about awareness, a relief question, a positive counterstatement. So once you listen to that podcast, episode three, you're going to see how easy it is to put it all together. The third tool, the one-minute business coach. I mentioned that, and I actually talked about that in episode three as well, mastering your mindset. It was all about knowing what time you had an emotional high or low, knowing what business facet, knowing what basically set it off, the activity. Was it a win? Was it a loss? What do you want to reinforce? Or what's the new behavior pattern that you'd like to create? So if you haven't listened to episode three, definitely listen to it. Tool four, the curiosity message. That was all about episode two, understanding the green light moments. You see, in that podcast, I talk about opportunities. And it's kind of like a green light. If you don't know what a green light means, it doesn't matter. You're not going anywhere. But when you see opportunities, green lights everywhere, and you know exactly what to do, it's not so difficult to do the curiosity message. And another thing to know is that you only do that curiosity message if you know that person or if you've spoken to that person. Tool number five, framing the conversation. Episode 16, go back and listen to how to handle objections. You're going to hear the whole formula, intro, reason, three benefits, close, with a number of different examples. Tool number six, the smokescreen technique. That's in the same podcast, episode 16, handling objections. That's all about empathy, acknowledgement, open-ended question, closed-ended question. When you try to do that, the smokescreen technique, it's not difficult to find the real objection or core objection. That takes us to tool number seven, the objection resolution model. That's in episode 16 as well, handling objections. And once you know how to do the steps, empathy acknowledgement, best question, three benefits, and close, it doesn't take you long before you figure out the top five or ten objections that you hear all the time. I have an advisor. I do it myself. I'm not interested. And so on. Tool number eight, the agreement close. That's in episode two also, understanding green light moments. See, once you understand the agreement close, which is identifying the key closing phrase, empathy, agree, three benefits, and close. It's so easy to agree with people. And get this, it's very difficult for someone to disagree with you when you just agreed with them. <laughs> Number nine, the reconnection strategy. That's how you handle the objection looping. You see, when they disconnect, you've got to know it. And the steps are disconnect, explain why you keep asking the same question, and a story, reconnect, and then ask for the order, the close. And tool number 10, the Advisor's Edge Worksheet. Really what that does, that Advisor's Edge Worksheet, it helps pull all of these tools together. And all of the tips, tools, techniques, strategies, and solutions are all on an Excel spreadsheet. 
So it's easy to apply. And once you apply that, you'll master the initial contact. Now, before we go, let me tell you one last story. It's a story about a brand new rookie client of mine that I worked with years ago. Now, he was hired by his father, a great guy. He was hired by his father to set appointments just to be cold calling. And it was before he actually got hired by the firm. So his father hired him. He started cold calling. His father, who is a client, was a client of mine, had coached him. But he wanted me to coach him, so I did. So I taught him these tools and techniques for the initial contact, and I gave him the Advisor's Edge worksheet. Get this. We role-played it so often, he sounded incredible. He was polished. And he was in our group coaching program. At any rate, the day came when we started talking about what to say, how to say it, how to handle objections, and so on. Framing the conversation, the smokescreen technique, the objection resolution model, and so on. And I knew he was the guy I wanted to go to when we first started role-playing. See, I showed everybody how to do it, and then I said, would anybody like to do this? And then I actually volunteered him. And all I wanted him to do was frame the conversation. But he didn't do that. I had another advisor be the prospect. He framed the conversation, and it flowed into a smokescreen. He handled it with a smokescreen technique, which flowed into finding the real objection. He handled it with the objection resolution model, and he set the appointment. The whole group was shocked and said, how did you do it so well? He said, I've been doing this for weeks, actually. And I just used the advisor's edge worksheet. The point of the story is, is that from then, he set over 300 appointments over the course of months. I think it was six to nine months or something like that. But an incredible amount of appointments with strangers. And that's how you master the initial contact. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions group coaching program or the Advisor Solutions individual coaching programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time. Thank you.